right, welcome to the USL show. Um, look, it is we are coming to the end times, um, and this is not in the same way as we we were saying it back during the pandemic. We're talking about the end of the regular season, people. The end of the regular season, where people's playoffs hopes and dreams have are going to be crushed, or for most teams, they're just going to be joining the rest of the bad teams. And, you know, it is what it is. Um, there's a whole lot to talk about this week. Interesting playoff scenarios. If this team wins and this team wins, that means the other team is going to be in, but also out at the same time. We don't know what's going on. Somebody's going to tell us the playoff scenarios, and they're probably going to be wrong about it. So just be prepared for misinformation everywhere. That's just what soccer Twitter is. Um, but, we also have some other stuff we need to talk about before we get into all that. But, hey, welcome back. Happy belated birthday, Geo, man. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much. It's good to be back. I had a great weekend with family and friends and watching my Greenville Triumph get a win for the first time since August, I believe. But uh, it was a great weekend for me. And uh, yeah, I'm just grateful for this whole family I have here and the Soccer USL family. Who would have who would have thought that the sentence Greenville has not won since August would ever be heard? <laughs> Interesting, Tyler, you are also missing in action, but you have come yes. back. How you doing, man? I have doing good, doing good. Uh, it's been really, really busy. Um, had some time to sit down and speak with um, LSE's new head of goalkeeping uh, last week, so that was pretty cool. Had a moment to write up some of that, and um, it was it was awesome getting to meet him. So that was fun. Yeah, man. I mean, I I went back and I read some of the interview that you did on Crane Kicks, and it was uh, it was a ton of fun to read about the new GK one. Kinda. I mean, uh, yeah. He's the first one. He probably won't be the player, but he is right. GK one for now. Um, it was right. Really <laughs> about that, and kind of being the first official part in place for this team. Um, we do have a couple people missing with Phil deciding to be like a father and stuff. Alan is out. Um, John is out. And if everybody could go, um, and show Ryan some love, he has some uh, family stuff going on. So everybody go show Ryan a ton of love. Uh, he, you know, I'm sure he would appreciate it. Um, but we have some stuff before we get into the told you so's and the shockers <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. There's some stuff we got to talk about, and a lot of you guys were very receptive to the episode last week. It was a it was a difficult episode. It was a heavy episode. And there's no way around that. Um, and this is not going to be a continuation. There will be soccer talk today, I promise. But it needs to be talked about. Um, so the the big thing that happened first was the Monterey Bay. And FC Tulsa match was postponed uh, by the uh, players. They have voted on it, and the match was postponed. Um, a lot of fans had taken the side of Monterey Bay um, because they were wronged by uh, Tampa Bay. And we'll talk about that, or I guess allegedly wronged. We'll get there with Tampa Bay. Um, and FC Tulsa fans were very upset with what was going on there. Um, I think that a lot of 
Tulsa fans were obviously upset with it because this was already the highest selling game in FC Tulsa history. And that's not including walk-ups that are going to be coming that day with over 6,000 tickets being sold now being, you know, postponed to a later date. Um, for me personally, and I was get my opinions out of the way before you guys can jump in. I think both sides are right here. I think Monterey Bay had the right to um, postpone and put pressure on the USL because we have seen the USL give lip service time and time and time and time and time and again and do jack all when it comes to these situations. And I also think FC Tulsa has the right to be upset for being punished for something they never did. In fact, earlier this season, they had a player – you know, make racist remarks. And before it even got out into the public, FC Tulsa, you know, ripped up his contract. Um, this is a team that's done right and they still got punished. So I still, I think that both fans bases in the situation have a right to be upset and they both have a right to their opinions on the matter. I do think the moment that it went too far was thinking that Monterey Bay had ill intentions behind it. I yeah, agree. I mean, yeah, go ahead, Gio. I say I agree completely with you. I think if anything, Tulsa should be disappointed in the league for not taking action sooner and letting it uh, get this far, uh, as far as it did. And they were punished because both teams were punished in a way because Monterey didn't want to have to do it, but they, they, they were put. It's like the moral of it all. Like if the league's not going to do something, we got to do it, and that's shouldn't be that way. I think the league needs to stand up for its players. Um, and, and I know action was taken, but uh, it was a little too late for that game. And here we are at the end of the season, and these games matter. The players want to play, but they also want to be respected by each other. I know it's a competitive game. Things can get heated, but there's no room for that whatsoever. And I think the league needs to take responsibility and act much quicker than they did on a situation that serious. Yeah, I, I mean, Gio hit the nail on the head. Um, thinking about you know, the, those intense feelings that Tulsa fans probably had about losing out on that opportunity. I, I think in the moment they might've been heated towards Monterey Bay, but then I don't think that they really truly were angry at Monterey Bay. It was more the situation. You know what I mean? Even though sometimes those frustrations boiled over, maybe in some cases, I don't necessarily think that it, it really was directed at them really in their, in, in their heart. You know, I feel like it's more like Gio said the the league has a responsibility to make these things happen. And then you also end up with like a, a tricky situation and, you know, I understand they have to do their due diligence and like vet everything out. And and we always hear about, well, we don't want to rush things. But at the same time, it's time sensitive. It just is. And especially with something that's that heavy, that big of an allegation, you, you can't let it drag on. You can't let all this speculation build and build and build. Like you have to be clear cut. You have to be definitive. You have to make things happen. And Monterey Bay, they were trying to push the envelope and make sure that that got done. And so, I mean, I, I respect them for that decision. I mean, how many times have we seen Monterey Bay release something that says, a player said something to our player or a fan of an opposing team said something to our player. And I didn't, I should have as a host gone back and checked, but I feel like we've seen at least three or four of those graphics come out of Monterey Bay and the USL on the surface publicly did nothing. And I'm sure if you're Monterey Bay, you're sick of it. It's like, it's not like we're not, it's not like we're not publicizing this. It's just, you know, they just publicly did nothing about it. Um, uh, safe travels, John, by the way. Um, yeah, uh, 
2059 sucks right now. Um, <laughs> it's it always does. Um, I just to me, I just I hate that SC Tulsa got caught in the crossfire, and I'm I'm gonna. I'm gonna kick it over to you real quick, Tyler, just in case there's something you wanted to say before we segue a little bit. Sure. Well, I just I just wanted to reiterate, you know, one of the real important things that people have to remember about this, about why it's so important that they take action quickly, especially when it's involving a player. I mean, obviously, if this situation arises with anybody that's anywhere near a soccer match, it needs to be handled immediately. But with players or anybody that's a part of the staff, what that's doing is it's setting a precedent. If that stuff happens with people representing the team, that's inviting fans who feel that that's okay to come in and do that and feel justified. And so in any situation it has to be dealt with, but when you just start letting things kind of boil over and letting things slide within an organization, then that becomes a whole nother problem. And that becomes just a team wide organization wide. And with part of the thing with FC Tulsa is that a lot of people, including myself, were worried about what about people who work the games, the staffing there, right? Mm-hmm. What about vendors who are going to lose out of money? Because going from a Saturday match to a Wednesday night match, you're just not going to draw the same people. 6,000 yeah. people plus are not going to show up to that game. There's going to be a lot of lost revenue. And I'm, I don't know what's happening to this undisclosed fine, but I hope some of that money is given back to FC Tulsa. I hope the league and Tampa Bay and Lawrence White, um, as this come out, has, you know, that some of that money goes there. Um, Lawrence White, who was the player identified um, as the one who made the alleged racial comments or gestures, um, has been given a 12-game uh, suspension which is the second longest given um, the first longest being to an indefinite suspension, which the indefinite lasted the remainder of the season. That was a 24 game uh, for kicking another player. Um, I believe that was the kick to the player. Um, and that was the parks. So fans had kind of figured this one out because the charity, uh, shirts were being auctioned off and his shirt disappeared mysteriously out of nowhere, but then was promptly put back within about 30 minutes. Um, something tells me Tampa Bay thought this information might've been coming out a little bit sooner than it did. Um, it comes out today and Tampa Bay comes out with a very shocking, um, kind of announcement and from their communications of we're a zero tolerance club. We've always been super uh, zero tolerance, but their claim is that the league never gave them the full report. Um, They never gave Tampa Bay the full report of what was said, what wasn't said, who they vetted, who they didn't vet. They said that, um, they said that that words were exchanged and gestures were exchanged, but not of racial intent. Um, it it basically comes down to he said, she said, um, you guys are misinterpreting what was done. And I don't like to throw this word out lightly, but it almost feels victim blamey to me. But... 
I don't know. I want to get to the all thoughts first, and then I'm going to bring up some uh, some quotes from some people I really respect and talk about that. I feel like the apology should or the statement should have ended at zero tolerance. You know, just end it right there. There is no <laughs> reason. I understand Lawrence is their player. I don't know him personally. You know, I, he he played for Greenville FC back in the day, and he's a competitor. But we don't know him as a person, and they. they the stance they came out with was shocking to me that uh, they they brought all that extra stuff or something so serious i think they just needed to leave it at we respect monterey bay we respect the the fine and the, the suspension we have zero tolerance for that apologize leave it at that they didn't have to add all the extra stuff that they needed about backing their player and the, that this wasn't said it does feel like they're, they're they're playing a victim. Like our guy didn't do it. Our own players are saying that. You know, it's their teammate. You know, I, who knows? Well, it, it, but it doesn't matter. I, you gotta just own up to it. And I think it should have just been the statement, the beginning part, and leave it there. But the rest was unnecessary, in my opinion. My my big problem that I had with the statement that Tampa Bay put out is in there they basically say that it what was done or what happened might have been interpreted as racially motivated or racist. And, and my problem with them saying that is if something can be interpreted as racist, it's probably racist. Uh, I mean, <laughs> if somebody is interpreting it as that, that means it is racist i mean that that's just how it is just because you in your personal mind are saying oh well i didn't mean it that way that doesn't do anything that that doesn't change what is done or said if it is it is um and i agree with you guys like something should have been just clear cut and done and i don't know it feels like some excuses and and i don't know there's a lot of you know tampa bay fans that feel very mixed emotions right now because it's hard to 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 root for somebody and then have this confusion going on between the league and the team but I, I don't know it just it very much seems so unresolved and so unfinished and just handled in a weird way um like I said if, it, if it's interpreted wrong by somebody it's probably not that they're interpreting it wrong that's just how they perceive it and that's what really matters yeah and so kind of perfect segue i have some tweets and some exchanges i had with a former charlotte uh, goalkeeper and just usl legend uh, brendan miller who became a um you know just a figure for the black community especially in the usl he was the person that was seen as kind of like the ring one of the ringleaders of making the black PA um, a thing him and Hugh Roberts. And so anytime that Brandon speaks, I listen very carefully and here's what he has to say. This is a long one. Um, so just stick with me here. If you want to read it for yourself, his Twitter is at DVO two uh, as in the word to uh, T W O six S I X. Um, you can just also just look up Brandon Miller. Um, telling black players, specifically ones in, who've endured racial abuse while playing in the USL before, to get the benefit of the doubt is absolutely mind-blowing. 
or mind blown emoji. They ha- they decide to put the onus on the black player to be better instead of simply telling their own to not do what he did. Tampa Bay Rowdies, if you want to support your player, then do that. But don't think it's my job to give benefit of the doubt when it comes to perceived racism. It's your job to ed- educate your players. This statement was trash for multiple reasons. At Tampa Bay Rowdies, complaining about the length of suspension while also claiming they have a zero tolerance policy uh, for racism is a choice. Either he didn't do anything wrong and shouldn't be suspended, or you stand against racism. The link doesn't matter, so why mention it? Um, at at Tampa Bay Rowdies, I grew up my entire life having people gaslight me about their quote-unquote racist intent to avoid consequences. Your organization dropped the ball in this statement, and judging from your website, I think a lack of representation played a role, played a key role. I, and this is an update from today. He told me he was going to be making an update, and here it is. I slept on it. I realized I'm not done. At Tampa Bay Rowdies, give the benefit of the doubt. Do you not understand the historical context of the statement? Was Muhammad Aubrey given the benefit of the doubt? What about Tamir Rice? Understand the dangerous rhetoric uh, you're standing behind. At Tampa Bay Rowdies, to downplay any accusation of racism as simple misunderstanding is showing your inability to take responsibility and hold your players accountable. The players shouldn't have to uh, tease out whether something is racist or not. It is not our job to pacify racism. At Tampa Bay Rowdies have uh, have failed as an organization here. It is their choice to defend their player, but to minimize racism is a misunderstanding because of a lack of evidence that they find acceptable is infuriating. It's disrespectful to everyone involved, especially the black players. I had asked him some questions because I'm a white dude, right? I don't think it's a secret. And so I asked him, I was like, it's the rowdies kind of came out and said it had to do with a celebration. We assumed the goal celebration afterwards. And I was like, but uh, maybe I'm just being dumb and white. Um, but is there something there that I didn't know about? And Brandon responded, which by the way, I have his permission to say all this. He responded, He was accused of racist language and gestures. I understand the investigation was quick and everybody wants to know what was in the report, but I also know the league didn't just hand out this punishment down based on he said, she said. You guys want to jump in? I mean, I I feel like that stream kind of says it all, though. I mean, it is irresponsible and it's just it echoes what we've been saying here. You know, you have to be decisive in these things. We hear so much about these issues in soccer, and um, it, it just goes to make the game and the environment uh, hostile. It makes people feel unwelcome. If this is happening to players, uh, fans don't feel welcome in those situations, you know, and 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 safe. They don't feel safe, and that's, that's a whole other problem, right? And then that's a bigger problem because everybody should go to these things feeling safe, feeling welcome, feeling like they're part of this. And if you cannot, as an organization, call a spade a spade and say, look, this action that you took, it's unacceptable, zero tolerance, we're done with it, and you can't protect your players, members of your organization, and your fans, then what are you even doing? Yep. Yeah, I completely, I completely agree. I think Brandon hit the nail on the head as well. Uh, and I know he feels very strongly about this, and and 
it's not acceptable. I think the league needs to do better. The, the teams need to do much better. And I don't think it's, it's not the time and place for, for you to talk about, oh, the suspension is too long and uh, we don't think he did it. Their teammates didn't say he did it. It doesn't matter. You know, like like you said earlier, Tyler, if somebody takes something, it's like t- saying, hey, no offense, I don't, you know, you don't, you say no offense, you're about to say something offensive. It's the same yeah. thing. It, it yeah. doesn't matter if it was during the celebration or an altercation afterwards. Something happened. Yep. That well, why would you come out and, and say say why would a player from Monterey say this? And it, you, you, I don't care about benefit of the doubt. Something happened. It was investigated. Take it like the team you're supposed to be, and make you have to make your team, your, your fans, your your club just that you, you really do care about these things because it's serious. It happens all around the world and it sucks that it happens here and mm-hmm. and something needs to be done about it. It's not okay. Yeah. Cause in the, now any team can like, Oh, well, Tampa Bay can come out with this statement. We can too. And it's, it's not acceptable whatsoever. And, it, and it's really hard to see for, for a team that's very respected for on the field play. I have no respect for them whatsoever uh, for, how they acted towards this, towards their player, because it, it's something serious, and they obviously didn't care enough to, to give out a real apology or statement about it. The one thing that, and this is going to be the last thing before we move on to some shockers, no shocks, and predictions, is that they have players of, just like every team, this is the world's game, the beautiful game. You have people from every single background you can imagine if is what is allegedly said was said and Tampa Bay backed him, how do you think the players who are black or of different cultural backgrounds on Tampa Bay feel? Because they can't come out and speak against the people who write their paycheck. They can't speak against their teammate. You were just kind of hoping that they would just shut up and accept it. That way they don't have to feel like they're having to fight against their team. I think this statement was ridiculous on a lot of levels, and it just makes the people who were affected on their own team feel like they're not backed up by their own club, which is never a position you want to be as a player, is feeling like your club doesn't have your best intentions in mind. Absolutely. But... That is 23 minutes of some pretty heavy stuff. Listen, this is the last podcast of the regular season. We're about to start breaking down all of the playoff games next week. But this week, it is decision day, decision week. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of teams facing off against each other that will decide the playoffs, home playoffs, and all sorts of wackiness. Um, going on in the USL. Um, listen, does uh, does Bolt have to eat his words? Maybe. <laughs> does is Brandon Mays going to get the last what? laugh? Maybe. What are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you calling him out like this? No. <laughs> What's happening right now? I'm not if, a part of this. Bolt. Could you I, could you no. imagine for people no. who are watching this and not listening? Could you imagine if Bolt's face popped up in my rearview <laughs> window? <laughs> just, a, just a feather on the window. Surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. I thought for sure a, a little screen movie. bubble was going to pop up, and there he was going to be. <laughs> I was um, waiting for it. Is 
Tyler going to be right. The independents wait seven months to announce a single player and then sneak their way into the playoffs. It's going to happen. Maybe is Detroit no, City or Northern Guard going to get their home playoff game? <clears throat> maybe. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. Let's talk about the matches that were. And even though I feel like we need to talk about this one straight off the riff. I know we're kind of jumping ahead. But the biggest shock of the week is that Tampa Bay got a touchdown on the two-point conversion against Loudoun United. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Eight to nil. That was ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's that's rough. I, I saw that scoreline. I didn't get to see the game, but I saw the scoreline, and I was just like, oh, man, that's a beatdown. I think they scored more points than uh, was the, the actual NFL game. Was it Indianapolis? Is that right the other day? Let's ride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. man. If, by the way, if you want some good, if you're into dark humor, just go ahead look up the Let's Ride thread that came out a while back. Oh, it's wonderful. It's so um, funny. Um, but yeah, Sebi had one of the best uh, goals I had seen in a while. You also had him uh, take the lead for um, the Rowdies all time leading goal scorer, which for that level of club um, is really cool. Um, that was, that was definitely a shock. I don't think anybody's shocked by the win, but it was like the scoreline eight nil. (laughs) What in the world? Um, I think, I think my personal kind of, uh, told you so here is kind of the continuation of Oakland being really good. I understand that Hartford is not a great team. But I've said for a long time now that Oakland is a squad that can compete for a U.S. Cup, for a USL Cup. I think they have the talent to do so. It just felt like something was always going wrong. And it feels like they are hitting their stride right now. But how about you guys? What's what's some shockers and some uh, told you so's? My told so was Greenville being Obviously. absolutely dominated by Charlotte Independence with their one fan, I think, that showed up to the game. Hey, that's Ben. Don't. <laughs> no, don't no, no. Ben, ben was there dare. for us. Ben was there for Greenville. <laughs> another one. No, uh, it was a great game. I was, I was nervous uh, because Charlotte outplayed us the last time we played them away. I was at that game also, and it was – a really sad drive home. Um, but Greenville came out and they were ready. Jesus Ibarra was playing out of his mind. People <laughs> could not take the ball away from him. He was playing so well and he deserved getting that assist at the end. Um, you know, j- great to see Labovitz get a goal again. He hasn't scored in a long time after being in the Golden Boot lead. And uh, so it was great to see him back on the scoreboard. And I think we, we handled the game really well, even towards the end. Played great defense. They they had one or two clear chances all game, uh, and so it's been a while since we've played the game that convincingly. Uh, I thought we played against Madison pretty well, but we couldn't hold on at the end. So this time, getting that one nothing win was huge and securing our spot in the playoffs. Going into a big game against Richmond, I think uh, the players were all re- seem all ready for it to go and try to get that two seed because uh, I know they really want to get that so that we can have an automatic semifinal here in Greenville again because 
uh, with players getting healthy, getting that extra week off, it would be massive for us to have a home game. And we set a record in attendance as well. It was about, I think, 4,400 people. I had a friend who was waiting in line for an hour, and he ended up not being able to play. Uh, come in. This ticket sold out before he can come in. Um, Dang. But so it's it's a good problem to have, I guess. Uh, we need a stadium. We need a new stadium, and uh, well, hopefully we get a championship this season to prove it to the city of Greenville. No doubt. And you've mentioned uh, I mean, Jesus Ibarra. He, I feel like there's matches where he plays, and he doesn't necessarily play bad. It's just not up to his standard. Mm-hmm. But when Jesus Ibarra is on his night, you're going to struggle to find a better player anywhere <clears> in one. He's ridiculous when he's on his game. And against Charlotte, it looked like he had something to prove to somebody because oh. that was ridiculous. And Charlotte did bring down three Charlotte FC players to come in. And Quay McNeil played. There was two others. I know Zendejas has been with the team. Uh, but I believe two others came down, and they were in the starting – another one in the starting lineup. I cannot remember his name for the life of me. But they came down to play. Quay McNeil was starting. I was like – he was just with Charlotte last week, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and now our team, I'm just glad we were up for it. I know it's been a while since we got a win, but it was, um, I was backing my team to come up big, especially we always show up at the end. So it was good to see Labovitz score again, too, because yeah. when was the last time he scored? Was it July? Is that right? It was July, yeah. Yeah, because he was like on fire, and then all of a sudden he just had that dry spell. But then I saw him get back on the score sheet because I was actually watching that game, and I was mm-hmm. just like, all right. It was good. It was good. It was a great team effort. Uh, it was part of the boys. Um, it was a great game. Yeah. There was a team that you mentioned in there, which was the Richmond Kickers, mm-hmm. which is, weirdly enough, despite securing the Supporter Shield, the regular season title, which, my personal opinion, that is the biggest title someone could win. I really don't care about the cup that much. Regular season means more. I didn't say that. Um, but... Doing it against Ford Madison, who did win the Henny Derby, mm-hmm. you know, officially, but to win that, you know, to win big. the supporter shield in the Henny Derby. Also, I mean, in a weird way, it's a shocker because even though because League One is League One, I I in my mind, despite them being the supporter shield winners, I'm still finding myself saying, well. It's away Richmond, which probably means they're going to lose because that's League One. <laughs> and they told me to shove it. <laughs> no, I was backing Madison as well. They they usually show up uh, against Richmond and against nobody else throughout the season, but um, they, they weren't up for it this time. I think it seems like they're – Star player Cassini, who's been with – I was watching the end of the game. He's been with 13 clubs, I believe, in the last seven years. Uh, he seems like he's already been saying his goodbyes. His last game at Priest seems feels so uh, – just like Yeah, like twice game. now. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I really thought they were going to show up and give Greenville a hand, but apparently they don't like us. So. <laughs> Cassini to LSC confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Is he is he going to be the um is he going to be the new uh, Caleb Porter in Columbus? He's just going to take over. <laughs> Maybe. And and say, I did not say something nice about Madison. 
I think they're going to win the wooden spoon. I'm just saying I thought they were going to win the Henny Derby uh, outright sweep. How do we get here that that Ford Madison is even in contention to be in the wooden spoon? Why did – Yeah. This – I kind of hate League One in the sense that (laughs) if you miss one week, you're done for the season. You've lost the entire plot. But it's also incredible because Ford Madison, a while back, you were saying they might be the best team in the league because they went on that stretch of beating everybody, playing everybody hard, and then they just decided we're done doing that. We're just going to beat no one anymore. What a weird <laughs> – Yeah. And I saw a yeah. stat that they were – all their wins <clears throat> were against playoff teams. And, yeah. But then, and then <laughs> nothing else mattered. I know they beat us at home, and they beat Richmond it's twice. Twice, and now I don't know. I thought I don't know if they were top of the table one week. I think they might have been or tied for it or something. At one point, I was like, they're going to make the playoffs. So what you're saying when they play Tucson this weekend, they're doomed. <laughs> I think so. They Tucson, two, two, <laughs> I think so. I don't think any of the players care anywhere. They're saying their goodbyes. Yeah. They're they're only saving graces if uh, NCFC just, I don't know, lays an egg. I don't know. I don't think, I don't know. I love this league so much. <laughs> yeah. It's bonkers. What about some shockers told you, says Tyler? So I took a little bit of wind out of my sails with the Richmond kickers, but that was my, I told All you right. so. That's okay. It's all right. I laid a lockdown. I'm keeping up with my locks going for League <laughs> One, uh, and they delivered. Um, you know, not as convincingly as I would have thought, though. I mean, it wasn't a bad game on their part or anything, but I, honestly, sorry, Madison, but I, I thought that they were going to lay down three on them. Um, but even like if you look at the stats, it's not even like they had that many shots on goal. Um, I mean, they capitalized on the ones that they did have. I, I mean, which was important at the end because I think like shots, it was like three and um, like two on target. So, um, but I mean, that's all that matters is they capitalize, but that's one that I just kind of was like, that's, that's a sure thing in my mind. Whenever I made that pick, I was like, that's going to happen. As far as my shockers, um, honestly, like this isn't, I don't know. I don't know if you qualify this for like some insane shocker, but in my mind, I thought Tormenta was going to go into this match with Union Omaha and capitalize on them just constantly always settling for draws, I guess. Um, and I thought Tormenta was going to make them pay for that form. Um, but I guess Tormenta just decided that they were okay with, with coming away with a draw. I, I hate to say, okay. I know they really wanted it because this is their chance to get in the playoffs. So maybe that's a bad way of putting it, but um I did think that they were going to, to to punish them a little bit more than they did, but um, even looking at the stats, like statistically, Omaha dominated a lot of the game. Um, obviously, that doesn't really show in the results um, for these things, and especially with the eye test watching. But I was I was pretty thrown off that Tormenta didn't capitalize. Tormenta did have a red card as well. That's the other thing. I thought for sure they were going to get the gift yeah. of USL one red cards mm-hmm. and come away with the win. With, they got the draw with that at least, but it's true. But uh, I did think Tormenta was going to pull off a stunner there because Omaha has been struggling. Yeah, I, I worry about them going into the to playoffs just because of like how much they've struggled in these last few games. Yeah. The the wild part about if I have my tiebreakers now, <clears throat> there is a world that Tormenta could miss the playoffs that is a reasonable possibility 
if things go right, they could also finish as high as second. Yeah. I, I think with it, is it is it as high as second? Yeah, because they would have the tiebreaker on Greenville, and they would be tied on points with a. Oh, yeah. If things go poorly, if things go wrong for everybody else, yeah, Tolenta could yeah. finish as high yeah. as second, or yeah. miss the playoffs entirely. What a stupid right. league! <laughs> yeah. Although they have a lot going for them because I think they're in with a win or a draw yeah. um, or if, with a Charlotte loss. If Charlotte loses, I think they're they're locked in. And then all they have to do is just come away with some sort of points otherwise. So if Charlotte wins and they get a point, they're good. But, but Charlotte's playing the wooden spoon leader right now. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, I know. I, I'm, I'm telling you, we haven't gotten to our picks yet, but I'm all in on Charlotte it's this just- week. I'm saying it. It's just it's hard. It's good, and yeah. and I feel so bad for Colorado because they played all their games, and all yeah. they could do is sit all together oh. and watch, use the ESPN Plus apps for screen thing, <laughs> and just hope for the best. We'll invite the team on, yeah, and they can need, that was watch a lot. <laughs> could you? Do I need to? I really want to do that now. Do I mean, it. I want to reach play. out to people in Northern Colorado. Be like, listen, please. No we're code. Having watch, we're having let's a watch it. party. <laughs> yes. With your players. Live yes. reactions. Like, that's the worst part. And and that's something I hate. I know that uneven, there's nothing they can do about the amount of teams. But it's just unfortunate that they finished yeah. and they got their job done. They got a big win, a couple wins yeah. in a row. But now, the last game, last week of the season, they can – just sit at home and lose or sit at home and make the playoffs. That's painful. I don't know how they, they the can worst. manage yeah. that. I, it would drive me bonkers. I'm going to say it's probably everyone's that bad. <laughs> we were just asked if everyone was that good or that bad. I, I, I don't know. It's a mixture. Sometimes they're good, sometimes true. they're bad. That's true. I think, I think that's the problem. This is – I think part of it is is that <clears throat> this is – I think – no, Nisa might be different. But out of USL and MLS, this is the only true, um, like, one conference. There is no Western Conference. There is no Eastern Conference. And everybody plays each other three times. So you have – or maybe not everybody. But I think you at least get two games and some three games, I believe. And so you have teams who are exhausted. You have teams that have been going on cross-country flights like Fuego. You've also have teams play each other three times. You've had, and so these teams get to know each other really well. So coaches overthink everything because they've already played the same team three times. And so they change their entire tactics for this one team. And so we end up with teams who lose their identity because they're constantly changing their tactic because they already played a certain tactic against a certain team. It becomes this revolving cycle of everybody's played everybody, everybody is exhausted from jet lag, and they don't know what to do about it. And it leads to some of the most chaotic footy I've ever watched in my life. Don't forget about all like the caffeine and sleep training exercises teams have to do when they go to Tucson just to prepare for the inevitable 15 hour lightning delay that's going to happen. <laughs> the monsoon delays. Yeah. 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 They're like, make fun of us naming our kit Monsoon Kit now. I will say, because when they reached out to us and said, hey, we want you to help us release the uh, the Monsoon Kit, I was pretty stoked. 
because I saw the yeah. pictures first and I was like, these are pretty, these are pretty nice. Yeah. Um, so we do have our picks up now and we have bonus picks. The bonus picks are because these are the last week of our pick and we'll release the final standings of who won, who didn't. Obviously, Tyler joined in late, but, you know, not I have like 13 points. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we do have some bonus points here and they are labeled as bonuses because most of them are not actually good games or just games. I, I just felt like including. Um, so let's go ahead and start off with some predictions. And we have the Tampa Bay Rowdies against El Paso, who is also fighting for their playoff life. Let's start off with Tyler. Um, for this one, I'm feeling a little bit crazy. I'm going to El Paso. Um, I'm thinking all the turmoil going on with the Tampa Bay Rowdies right now is going to affect the game. It might not like completely sway things in El Paso's favor, but it's got to be on their minds. And like you said, El Paso is like fighting for their lives just to make it into the playoffs. So even though um, it seems a little lopsided, I'm going to El Paso. So I do believe that a win would guarantee El Paso into making the playoffs if I've done, you know, the butter knife math on that correctly. Gio, you're muted, my man. <laughs> I was ready. Uh, I picked Tampa Bay over El Paso uh, to get a win after that 8 nothing win the other day. I think uh, they'll just keep going and get another win here. I took El Paso here. I really trust their offense. Their offense is so much fun to watch. They're going to create chances. Tampa Bay has nothing to play for. They can't go any lower than third. They can't go any higher than third. They have nothing to play for. Um, I think that uh, El Paso is going to send everything they got because they have to. You're going against a team who is probably going to be rotating a lot of players. I think this is an El Paso match to take. Uh, next up, we have Legion versus Sandy and Johns in the 11. Uh, I went Legion on this. Um, I know that looking at the last couple games, it doesn't seem like they're in uh, like a, a mode and, and ready to battle. But those were tough games. I mean, it was against uh, San Antonio. We had Oakland in the mix, the Rowdies. Uh, it, it, was, it was just a tough string. And um, I feel like coming up against Indy 11, uh, some of their wins, I don't know, they sound convincing. But then looking at them on paper, I just don't think that they're um, – same level of challenge that legions had to go through here recently and legions gonna bounce back yeah i i picked the legion as well uh i don't think indy has it in him uh i love kayla uh and so i i think his team is gonna pull off a win to end this to end the I, I hope so um so if Legion win, they are guaranteed their first ever home playoff game. They did have the home playoff game last year, but an alleged Halloween party canceled it. Um, so if they get a win, they get their first home playoff game. Um, what scares me about this one is that throughout Legion's entire history, every, out of all the seasons they have played in the USL, they have zero points from decision days. They're, they have zero points from final games in the season, final regular season games. 
And that is sitting in the back of every Legion player's mind, every Legion fan's mind. That said, it's a must-win game. It's at home. Indy has nothing to play for. Legion has literally everything to play for when it comes to home playoff games. I'm going to back the Legion and prepare myself to hurt horribly. That matches tomorrow against the Indy 11. Next up, we have Detroit City versus the Miami, the Miami FC. If Legion were to lose their game against the Indy 11, all Detroit City has to do is win against the Miami. No matter what, though, um, because of this match, Legion cannot go lower than seventh because both these teams are playing against each other. So these are two teams jockeying it out, also possibly trying to sneak into that home playoff spot. Who do we got? Uh, I'm thinking this is going to be a, um, a pretty even battle. Even if you look at like run of form here recently, it's hilarious how it, it's exactly mirrored. I mean, obviously they're playing different teams, but it's for both of them, win, draw, draw, win, loss. And so, I don't know. I just got this weird feeling that they're going to end up drawing on this one. Um, I think Miami's going to beat uh, Detroit, and they're not going to get that home playoff game that they eagerly wish that they could have. Yeah, so for this one, I took Detroit City. It's Detroit City at home. The supporters, knows what, the supporters know what it means. Keyworth is going to be rocking. Also know that this is a Miami team that really relies on their offense to get going, and almost nobody's offense is has a chance to get going on Detroit City. They have that kind of defense that can win you a playoff game, that can win you playoff series. And admittedly, this is the first playoff game of the year for them. Might be their only home playoff game, but the fans are absolutely going to treat this one like a home playoff game. I'm taking Detroit City. Next up, we have Pitt. We have Pittsburgh Riverhounds, who are also jockeying for that final home playoff spot versus Oakland Roots, who if they win, they are miraculously into the playoffs. And this is a team that has come back to life after they got rid of, well, actually they got money for some of their dead wood that they must say is their coach. Um, sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Um, <laughs> but it's in the ether now. And who we got? Uh, on this one, I'm going bit. Uh, I, I think that the pendulum's going to swing back. If you're looking at them um, and the form, I mean, Pitt's trying to stay alive. Um, and I know Oakland's been hot here recently, but I think that's a, a law of averages, right? Eventually it swings back. So I'm thinking Pitt's going to take away. I think Oakland's going to stay hot, and, and they're, they're going to be a team that I don't think anybody will want to play in the playoffs with the form they're in. And so I think a big win will prove that and uh, sneak into the playoffs. This is, again, yeah, a team who – needs to win they have to win Pitt knows they also have to win to have a chance to survive the one thing that is going to be interesting and it kind of depends on what you think is going to happen what you don't think is going to happen if Legion win Pittsburgh is going to be out of a home playoff game you know on Saturday at that point maybe they rest the players if they know they don't have that home playoff game that might swing way of Oakland this is a lot of projection because I picked Legion to win. I'm thinking Pittsburgh's going to rotate team or rotate their team. Oakland is going to have the strong advantage, which Oakland's already hot as can be. They probably don't need any more of an advantage, but I think they get one with rotated squad in Pittsburgh and they get the decisive win to join the playoff party. Next up, we have another 
playoff decider. We have, or kind of, not really, sort of. This one's one of those weird situations that things have to fall right. But we have Rio Grande Valley versus Monterey Bay in the weird voodoo area that is Rio Grande Valley. Uh, on this one, that's RGV's gonna gonna come off this um, and pull out the win. They've been in a little bit better form here recently, and I know Monterey Bay's been uh, decent in their last five, but um, only one win out of all of those. Uh, I think RGV's coming away with another win. I picked RGV as well, and I don't know if they'll sneak into the playoffs or not, but I think they'll do enough to to at least have that hope. Yeah, I mean, this is all about that voodoo magic, you know, with Rio Grande. You go down there, that's just where teams go to die. <laughs> um, and we're going to see. Um, to me, I'm picking Rio Grande. They have come out of nowhere. They were at one point Wooden Spoon winners, the the favorites to win the Wooden Spoon. Congratulations to New York Red Bulls, too, for winning the Wooden Spoon, who I think might be the first team ever to hoist the Supporter Shield, the USL Cup, and the Wooden Spoon. Um, so congratulations. Impressive. It's impressive. It, very impressive. Um, but Rio Grande, I think they do it. Moving on. What some people might be calling the match of the weekend. It is a California Derby. It is two powerhouses. It is Sacramento Republic versus San Diego, the John and Allen Derby. Uh, on this one, this one's a little tough for me. I'm not going to lie. I had a moment where I was sitting there thinking it through, trying to decide um, who I wanted and who I thought was going to come out on top. Uh, I ended up settling down on San Diego. Um, I think San Diego's got it in them. And um, the games that I've watched recently, they just, I don't know. They, they've impressed and they, they have the drive and I think it's going to come out on their side. I had a hard time because I usually pick these teams individually for wins because I, I love my friends. Um, and, and I should have just picked a draw, but I actually did pick Sacramento to win this game. Yeah. Um, I ended up going to San, San Diego on this one. Um, I just, this one's kind of a vibe game for me. And the vibe just feels like San Diego. They're both kind of coming off of disappointing draws. But San Diego just kind of passes the vibe check for me. This is also, I'm also being, I guess, a little bit biased because in my other browser right now, I have one of their new kits. And I'm definitely about to buy the <laughs> goalkeeper kit and customize it with what a save on the back. Um, so that's that might be influencing my decision. Um, but that's... Fine, that's okay. I'm taking San Diego. Next Their kids up, are sweet. They're so nice. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> my wife is from San Diego, so she's always like, you know, you could justify getting one, and I'm like, ah. They're so good. Yeah, I, I like the new one. I'm having to convince myself because I want to get a Liberty kit. I want mm. to get, I want to get a Richmond Kickers kit of uh, Stephen Payne because he's a Birmingham yeah. guy. I want to rep the 205. But then I keep looking at San Diego, and I'm like, man, they're kind of league rivals, <laughs> but, like, they look so good. <laughs> um, we have our next matchup uh, before we get into our bonus, and that is going to be New Mexico United, who were sneaking through the entire year and have stumbled their way outside the playoff zone. Um 
and they are taking on Akaro Springs, who is comfortably going to be sitting, you know, third. So what do we got? Um, I was a little like mixed on this one just because where um, switchbacks are in a good position already. So I was thinking like, you know, maybe it won't come out uh, with them running at uh, New Mexico is strong, but I just feel like New Mexico just hasn't been able to get the job done in quite some time. And so I think the switchbacks are coming away with the win. I picked the switchbacks as well. I think uh, even though they don't come as strong, I think players will want to play in that guaranteed playoff game that they will have and prove that they deserve to be there and prove that they are a team uh, that other teams won't be excited to play against come playoffs. And they'll Mm -hmm. show that the last game of the season. So I pick Colorado. I'm taking Colorado Springs here. Um, This just feels like a match. I mean, part of it is, is that New Mexico is playing at home and they are dreadful at home. If you want to look at, oh, ha ha Tormenta at home, yeah, New Mexico is actually what we say Tormenta at home is. They are awful at home despite having one of the best home attendances in all of the USL. Um, they're incredible attendance, and they get a lot of love there. Um, it would be a nice gift to their fans that they could win this one, but Colorado Springs, they're just, they're just that team when it comes to their offense. So I'm taking Colorado Springs. Next up is the bonus. And I picked this bonus based off of nothing besides their two awful teams. And I'm going to watch them for all the wrong reasons. We, I, we are going to be predicting the team that just lost 8-0 to the Rowdies. And another team that just lost 4-1 to Indy. Um, these are two teams with no offense, no defense, just vibes. It is Loud United versus the Charleston Battery. Man, and that's not even the end of the story. If you look at their past few games, it has been multi-goal losses for both of them, just over and over and over. It's not pretty. Um, For this one, I did decide to go with Charleston, and that's just purely based on the idea that uh, they haven't lost to Loudon in the last five meetings. And so um, that's the best I had to go off of to to get this one figured out. So I'm going to go with them, Charleston. Uh, I'm going with Charleston as well. I've I've enjoyed seeing Joe Rice's tweets about his his time at Loudon not being as uh, good as he'd like and how he deserves better. As it does always make me laugh. Uh, so I, I'm going to go with Charleston here to get a win against a. I wanted so to be known Washington. before uh, before he signed with Detroit City. Even I said it because I talked to I have the ability to talk to a lot of keepers because of where I stand during Legion games. Joe Rice is one of my favorite humans to ever to, I've ever talked to. He's awesome. Um, he like <laughs> such a good guy. I, I I wouldn't mind if he came to Greenville. I mean, and I would mind if he goes to Lexington. This is true. Um, yeah, um, I took the battery here. The real winner here is whoever's distributing alcohol. Um, the real <laughs> loser here is everyone in attendance's liver. Um, yeah, I took, has fans? <laughs> um, you know, it's funny because they, they do, <laughs> unfortunately, not many, but the ones that are there are faithful, and that's all I have to say. <laughs> I'm going to, like I said, I am going to watch this game and it's going to be a guilty pleasure watch of 
take a drink whenever bad thing happens and it's going to be one of those kind of watches for me it's not going to be to break down anything it's just going to get my giggles on it's just a laugh uh, but I, I am taking charleston I just put my notifications on for that game just in case it's just a really fun one. (laughs) (laughs) Next up, we are moving into League One, uh, the greatest and worst league to ever be be created. um, Depends (laughs) on the week. We have Richmond versus Greenville, which a lot of people circled earlier this year saying this could be the decider, and then Richmond decide to run a perfectly good storyline um, and beating for Madison. I mean, I get it. They want to win, da, 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 da. But also, think about the storyline, people. It would have been amazing. It would have been yeah. incredible. It would have been awesome. Winner, take, winner takes it. It was perfect. Oh, man. Yeah. Charts. Missed opportunity. Honestly, I can't believe Ford Madison would do this to us. I know. can't believe it. Yeah. I'm going to talk to yeah. Kyle after this. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one, I'm going draw. I'm going draw. I know that Richmond has a fire offense. Greenville, though, has league-leading clean sheets. Um, Greenville, I think, has Richmond's number. Last two meetings, they've won out. And so I I think that in this one, as much as Greenville has shown they can handle Richmond, I I just have this this feeling that it's going to end up being a stalemate. I don't think it's going to be a scoreless stalemate by any means. Um, But, I, I mean, thinking even about you know, Labovitz getting back in the action last week. I know one game does not mean solid form continuing, uh, but I, I don't know. I have a funny feeling he's going to be involved somehow here, um, and, and we're going to end up with a, a draw. Um, I disagree. I think Greenville is going to win and secure second place, get that first round by. Uh, Richmond, Other, I think they would love some of their starters to have two weeks off to get some rest before a big semifinal game that will be hard no matter who they play. Uh, I think Greenville has to go all in because we can, worst we can do is fourth and we get a home quarterfinal, but I think we would really love to play or have that first round by. So I think Greenville's, we we have their number. Uh, We did beat them three to one at home with a lab of its hat trick and we beat them one nothing uh, at our home. So uh, I think Greenville will put it off. I know the players really enjoy playing on that nice field in City Stadium uh, compared to a lot of baseball stadiums in the league and or high school stadiums mm-hmm. like ours. But um, I, I know it's an we, early college. Thank uh, well, you very much. I was talking more about Colorado, but but nonetheless, I think uh, we have their number this season, and they may rest some of their players, and we we have. We have to go for it. I'm taking Richmond here. Um, it's only because of home Richmond. I think the fans are going to come out and support extra hard just because, I mean, proximity, they know the opponent. Also, they just won the supporter shield. They just won the regular season title. They wanted to come out and support the boys. I think that's going to be an extra push. I really wanted to pick Greenville here. But to, I think there's a little bit of a counter I have on the two weeks off that you mentioned, Gio. And it's the fact of imagine taking two weeks off of match, getting match fit and match speed and then having to play a really hard quarterfinals match or semifinals match, mm-hmm. right? 
taking two weeks off of not seeing a game or seeing a ball live, I feel like that's more of a detriment than it's worth saving the legs for. So I, I think Richmond are going to play their starters and Richmond starters at home. I I would put them up against just about anybody, not even just Greenville. So I'm taking Richmond there. Next up, we have Charlotte versus North Carolina FC. Charlotte can find them find their way into the playoffs here. North Carolina could find themselves ho- hoisting the wooden spoon. Or will their in-state rivals play, you know, play a little bit of spoiler and bring everybody in North Carolina down another notch? It's going to be a Charlotte lock. It's going to be a lock. I'm locking it. I'm going all in on this Charlotte prediction. I'm going down with the ship or I'm just sailing into the sunset. One or the other. Uh, But I do think this is going to be an interesting one, even though I'm predicting a Charlotte win, because it's kind of funny that Charlotte actually has league-leading penalties conceded with seven. Meanwhile, NCFC has capitalized having the most penalties rewarded at seven. So uh, I do think there's going to be a penalty goal involved in this. But at the same time, uh, I I just don't think NCFC – can finish off Charlotte Independence. Uh, Charlotte's third in the league with goals scored right now. Um, NCFC hasn't had a clean sheet in eight games. Um, I think this is the point where uh, Charlotte comes out on top. They prove that they got that playoff spot, and they might just barely squeak in, but they're squeaking in. I went with Charlotte as well. I think it'll be a high-scoring game. Uh, After last week, I think Trezor and uh, Bennett – they're going to want to come out strong and score some goals like we know they can. And mm-hmm. NCFC has McLaughlin, who is always finds a way to be up there. He's a good Big player. Chance. He's yeah. And uh, you know, Shaq Adams is still there. Um, yeah. And they have Molina, who hasn't lived up to his play, but they have nothing to lose. They're going to come in last or second to last or the last. Doesn't matter. I think they need to come out strong, get their players playing time, players that eventually might be great. Great players might be a great team, but they're a young team right now, and they might as well go for it and ruin some hopes for the playoffs. But I think Charlotte, they are my surprise of the season. I really did pick them to be the worst team in the league, uh, just the way their offseason went. Um, and they've really surprised me, and I think they're, they're, they're a decent team, uh, and I think they're going to pull off a win. Yeah. In my heart of hearts, I think that Charlotte's going to win. And I picked Charlotte to win. But there's nothing I want more than to see NCFC win and by a lot. Because if Charlotte blows it on the final day and they were to get blown out, could you imagine the amount of odd Jesus in their in their like mentions and in their quote tweets? For my own chaotic part of following the USL Twitter. I just want to see Charlotte get Aggies'd to yeah. no end on the final day of the season. I need somebody to get Aggies to, to Saturday. <laughs> I, I don't think they'll come off that easy. I think their Aggies is going to come in the playoffs. I think it's going to be this big thing where they're like, we made it. Like, like Tucson then, last yeah, year. <laughs> yeah. And then they're getting in the playoffs and be like, we did it. And Tyler was right. And then, no. <laughs> It's oh, blown out. It's just blown oh, out. Geez. And then everybody just hits them up. I think that's what's going to happen. Oh, man. Could you imagine if 
NCFC <laughs> hit them with the Aussies, though. Like, just started replying yeah. to all their tweets after they bag in one goal, two goal, three goal, four, and they're just like, oh, geez. Um, it's brutal. Admin's taking notes right now. <laughs> yeah, I hope an admin just get or, or I hope at least Forward Madison does it. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> they have nothing to do besides go for the vibes. Come on, Forward Madison. Do it. I mean, <laughs> Noco too to relieve some stress while they wait. Yeah. Just, gonna, yes. <laughs> just get some tension out there. You know, they don't even have to tweet it. They could just be on with us. This is true. Um, next up, we have Bolts Tormenta at home versus the Sad Boys of Chattanooga. Both have been in pretty good form. Um, I really wanted to go with a Tormenta win on here, but I, I, I just didn't see it. I'm, and I'm thinking that it's going to end up being a draw. Um, I know Tormenta would really like a win because that's going to lock them in pretty well. Um, but like uh, we were talking out about before the show, Tormenta's in with a draw. They're in with a win or a Charlotte loss. So, I mean, they're looking pretty good for making the playoffs. And I'm not saying that means they're going to ease up by any means. I just, um, I feel like they're definitely going to make it in. I just don't know if it's going to be a win on this one. I think this is going to be one of the funnest games over the weekend. Um, yeah. Chattanooga will want a home playoff game. Uh, yep. They or, or will want to get that second, the second seed um, and be watching what happens with Greenville and Richmond. Uh, and Tormenta really want to make the playoffs for the first time. In their history, mm-hmm. they talk a lot of smack for never making the playoffs. But anyways, um, I think here comes Bolt. The, I'm just saying <laughs> it's true. But uh, yeah, but they I do think, have less kits than than wins, though. So they yes. do have that. Yes, they have a good ratio there. Um, <laughs> but I think Tormenta. I think they will draw. I don't. Uh, it'll be a really good game. It might be a high scoring draw. Uh, yeah, but that draw will get them into the playoffs. Um, and Charlotte into the playoffs, and we'll leave Noco on here with us crying. We'll be I here mean, to comfort them. Yeah. With um, sweaters. <laughs> this one does have impl- implications, though, because mm-hmm. if Tormenta were to win, they would go ahead of the Red Wolves. Mm. And ahead so, of Omaha. Yep. Depending on the Omaha result. Depending um, But... They would still go ahead of Chattanooga. So this has heavy seeding implications. So I Tormenta has to go full balls of the wall here. They can't just go for the draw. They just can't. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm taking Tormenta here. I really believe that they're going to get this win. I want to go celebrate with Bolt. I I want him and I to become besties again. Um I also want to inc- be included in his uh, things, but it's actually just this clip saying that him and I are besties and that we've always been tight. So, Bolt, if you could clip anything, this would be a great one. Um, <laughs> I, I I do think that Tormenta gets this win. I It just feels like the sad boys of Chattanooga are going to sad boy. It just feels like they're going to blow it somehow. Um and then the final bonus League One match, it is going to be Omaha against Fuego, who a lot of people after the first three games of the year were like, maybe Fuego is going to win the league. And then they <laughs> burned out very quickly. Um, what's going to happen here? Bonus. 
I really, first off, appreciate how Gio went ahead and said when Tormenta wins, they're going to be ahead of Omaha, which gives away that he is predicting a draw or less for Omaha. <laughs> <laughs> so we already know where Gio's going, but I'm I'm with them on it. I think it's on this one. It's going to be a draw. It's a it's a draw for me. Um, man, I I said it before. I worry about Omaha. I, I just I don't think they're showing up. And I don't think it's really that they don't have the talent to do so. It's just they're not producing. And that's kind of scary going into the playoffs. And, and I mean, even just thinking about other teams sitting there licking their chops, thinking about playing them, um, the, the teams that do come in strong and produce. And I, I feel like this one, it's just not going to go their way. I don't think it's going to be a loss, but I, I you know, I, I think it's going to come out being a draw. Central Valley is going to try and make a good showing of this last this game. But um, Union Omaha is going to do what Union Omaha does. And uh, Gio's got a good slogan for us about that. Oh, I do. I do because uh, Union Omaha has turned into Union Dramaha because they cannot win to save their life whatsoever. And this is going to be Mims's last regular season game before he gets a nice paycheck and goes to the Columbus Drew as well, since that's all he can do as a coach this season. Uh, so uh, the, it's the only way you can go and finish off his sweet time winning a championship for Omaha and um, getting a draw in the last game of the season. Um, I'm locking this as a draw. I think that's the safest pick I could make. I will say uh, a League One coach becoming the coach of the Columbus crew would be very poetic considering their two-team was called the League One All-Stars. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. That's all I saw. The leading scorer of the league played like, <clears throat> one game for North Toronto, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's just uh, – but, uh, yeah, mocking that draw, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. they are going to end up in fourth or – I've realized inadvertently with my picks, because I'm picking Omaha in this one. Or not Omaha, Fuego, excuse me. I'm picking Fuego, and this is just another one that's based off vibes. Sometimes that's just what you have to go with in League One. I have realized in picking Richmond, in picking Charlotte, in, in picking Tormenta, in picking Fuego, that I am predicting Tormenta to finish second in the league. Man, that's how easily it can happen. Yeah, that's how easily it can happen. I don't even think they want that in their shiny new stadium to lose at home because they can't play at home. I don't, they don't want to play at home. That is the worst possible outcome for Tormenta (laughs) is playing at home. They they think they're they should be content with fifth place. (laughs) Maybe they can just like fly in like whole organizations that they're playing against and then decorate the whole new stadium in their gear and then they'll be like. All right, we're in a whole new place. That's maybe that's their have, real plan with this new stadium right now. Have them drop them off at the old stadium, have them bust over to the new stadium and be like, away yeah. game, guys. <laughs> 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 have them have them take a flight from Statesboro to Atlanta mm-hmm. and then fly back to Statesboro, have them blindfolded. Have them blindfolded the entire time and just drop them on the pitch and be like, you don't know where you are. Just play boys. Just get out there and do what you do. I mean, it, it is kind of in the middle of nowhere, so it would be disorienting. They're just like, what is all this? Uh, this, this? This is where we play? Yeah. 
Why is there nothing Why is out here? Formenta fans in Omaha. Tormenta <laughs> <laughs> uh, has no fans, but that's just... <laughs> oh my gosh! I knew it was coming. I was waiting. Yeah. He was going to say it. Yeah, it's just Georgia Southern students. They get in for free. But... I mean, it's a nice school. <laughs> All right, it's a nice school. Um, oh, man. Have you been there? I have. I just I actually, okay. I actually liked it. <laughs> okay. And that's not me just saying it for Bolt. I actually liked it. I got lost finding the one Walmart in Statesboro. I <laughs> and then we got sick from the subway at the gas station down the street. So That's why you'd never go to the subway that's in the gas station. That's why I didn't eat it. <laughs> oh, man. Guys, we... This one was a little bit of a longer episode, but this is the regular season finale. You have to get all the conversations in because Mm -hmm. about two-thirds of these teams, we are never going to talk about again. I say never Mm till next year. And like three of these teams we'll never talk about again. Never. Because they're going to be gone to next pro and they just won't exist anymore. (laughs) Because if if a team goes off the next pro and there's no film around to see it, does it exist? Probably not. Um, I'm back. And the best thing about next season is I get to be a big giant homer. Just just talk every week about how LSC is going to win. And then we got to come up with a good name for the battle between Greenville and LSC. Something about green. I don't know. We'll figure out. Yeah. Yeah. We'll come up with something. I don't know. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll brainstorm. The green giant. Green green bean. bean. And we'll just have like a can of green bean with the jolly green giant that just gets passed back and forth. Yeah. Like bedazzle it and stuff. That's a bad idea. Like we'll have our kids decorate it and then it just. That'll be fun. Well, you could, the trophy could just be the horse <laughs> on top of the mountain of the Greenville Triumph logo. <laughs> just unite them. Yes. <laughs> Man, guys, it has been a it's been a fun show. I know the beginning of it was pretty heavy, but you know, once we got to talk about what's going on on the field, because that's what we should be talking about, but people mm-hmm. cannot stop being racist and homophobic and bigoted. Um, hey, people, get your crap together, and let's have more fun conversations like we did for the last hour. Um, guys, I can't wait for the playoffs. I am so yeah. excited for the playoffs. It's going to be so much fun because we're about to hit. If you thought Max Chaos season was happening now, wait till it's a one and done. It's going to be incredible. Gio, what are some final thoughts for the folks? Final thoughts. Uh, I know a lot of people have been talking about mental health recently. Um, it's a really important thing. Uh, it's been um, evident you know, in my family, with my, my children even, and with myself. Um, so I know it's hard. So you know, anybody who struggles with that, just... Feel free to reach out to somebody. You're not alone in this. Everybody, all of us have probably been through it in the past, and it's uh, been really important for me lately to, to be able to open up, open up about that. Um, so just reach out to somebody you loved. All of us in the community, we care for you. We're here for you. Uh, I'm very appreciative for for all the love I've had recently, and that's helped me get through. And so we just got to keep doing that and care about each other, love each other, and uh, just have a good time. Love it, man. Oh. 
Yeah. Man, uh, Geo's was deep, man. I don't know if I have anything that amazing to follow up with because that that hits a nail on the head, uh, you know, with a lot of what people are going through right now. And it's important to share that stuff. But um, yeah, I, I don't have anything super exciting. I would love, I know we just got a heavy subject with Geo, but I'd love if you guys go uh, check out the interview I had with Connor Talbot, the, the head goalkeeping coach with LSC. Um, I hear some more stuff is coming down the line. Um, uh, there's some there's some things in that interview that I think might uh, create a little bit of speculation, but I'm not going to stir that pot right now. But uh, Sorry. yeah, do it. Check it out. Do it. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Uh, there's, I don't know. It seems let the seems there there's a lot of connections between the coaching staff that's going to be announced. So it's not some random menagerie of of individuals. And if you if you scope that uh, the interview, you might be able to piece together where those connections are coming from. John Calipari is officially joining. Yep, Lexington. He Fox. is for forty five million dollars a day. he said something about kentucky being a basketball school and now lexington is a soccer city so man don't even quote that you're anybody from lexington (laughs) that's watching this is gonna get fired up all over again (laughs) that was a whole thing between our football and basketball program man yeah you're right soccer city so it doesn't even matter that's what the sc stands for right uk uh men's team is now number two in the nation Bama, Bama's number two in women's right now. That I saw that. That is awesome, man. I and I'm saying there's a couple UK players that I'm looking at, and and they're seniors, and I'm like, maybe, maybe. Hey, there's another. <laughs> hey, I want to go ahead and scout for you. If you want to uh, drop this along to Mr. Talbot, um, you can go ahead and put my check in the mail. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm already a scout. There's a certain yeah. guy that uh, a Calvin or uh. uh Cal, oh God, what's his last name? Uh, I think it's Irving. Maybe it's not. But he's up in Pacific FC in the Canadian Premier League. Who yeah. Is, who is, I know who you're uh, talking about. Yeah, Canadian guy. Uh, mm-hmm. Played at Kentucky. One of the best yep. keepers I've ever seen in person. Um, so if he wants to go ahead and put my check in the mail, that'd be sick. Um, <laughs> you have so, to get in line behind uh, Brandon Mays. He's got like a whole team that yeah. he constructed. He's, Man, that was... he's Minneapolis. He's in Minneapolis. He can he can step off. I'm still trying to find my way in. Listen, yeah. he, he oh, has no, a he, job. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But listen, let me if he if he wants to hire me, I obviously know what I'm talking about. If if he needs some proof, I have Sunday League soccer videos of me playing. <laughs> and if that's not any proof that I should be a scout and not a player, I don't know what is. Um <laughs> but look. I guess on a lighthearted note to end the show, um, I started today was my first day. Well, first day with students at my new school that I'm teaching at. Um, it was very interesting. Um, I loved working with the kindergartners. The little kindergarten kids were awesome. I loved them. Fifth graders have attitudes. I don't know where those came from. Like pipe down pipsqueak. I don't know what you're on about. Um, I had a, I had a first grader look at me. And as I was about to walk into the music classroom, she looks at me, gives me the stink eye like I had done something wrong to her. And she said, are you coming in here with us? And I said, yes, I am. And she goes, this is the worst day of my life. And just walked in. I was like, all right. (laughs) I love this. That's amazing. (laughs) Also, I had a kid fall asleep on my lap today. So that was interesting. I was sitting. 
it was so precious, but I was like, I don't know what to do here. Um, because I was sitting <laughs> on the floor, like patting, I was like patting my legs, doing the steady beat, teaching kids about music, and he just lays down, put his head on my leg, held my hand, and just dozed off. And I was like, I should tell you to not do that, but also you're definitely a behavior issue today. So please thank you. Sleep as long <laughs> as you need want. a nap. Need a nap. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I I know when kids get sleepy and they need one. So yeah, man, just 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 sleep. <laughs> right. But. I do have one more thing. I know okay. uh, Philip Fox, my man in here. Kid season is gonna make a return very soon. We are working yeah. on it with the World Cup coming up. We have some fun stuff with uh, some USA kits. Uh, top five favorite kits. I think we're gonna do of all time. USA kits, and then we are also going to do some World Cup kits uh, going into the World Cup next month because uh, we're going to have a long set off season. So we're going to hope to bring some excitement back with those because we love talking about kits. And, nice. Uh, sorry, go ahead, Tyler. Oh, I just said that's awesome. Oh, yeah. So, um, and we can also get Ben on and have him tie dye all of the American yes. kits because they look <laughs> so much better than whatever they have done. Um, but look, thank you guys so much for listening. Hey, an hour, 20 minutes. If you're on the podcast version of this, um, you're a trooper. If you're in the if you're in the live stream, hey, we can see I can see that number at the top of the screen. You are some real ones for sticking it out the whole time. And even though he is not with us, um, we do think that you should be soothed out with the wonderful soothing voice of Mr. Allen. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, guys. This is Alan's voice. Thank you for watching another episode of the USL show. This and every episode is brought to you by the beautiful game network. Find podcasts and other written work at BGN.FM. Once again, thanks for stopping by and we'll see you guys again next week.